I'm Sharon Betters, and this is the Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. We try to offer help and hope, especially to hurting people. And in this resource line, we have conversations with people about life crises that are often difficult to experience and even harder to talk about. And today we're going to be talking about dealing with fear, especially when you are growing older. You know, there are 13.6 million widows in the United States alone and 700,000 widows become a widow every year. But add to that the single women who have never been married and yet they are growing older and there are fears that come along with that season of life. And so I've asked Jordone Davis to join us today Jordone uh, is a single woman who is a professor, an adjunct professor at Erskine Theological Seminary. And she has a lot to say, a lot to share with us about how she has prepared for this season of life. So Jordone, welcome. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your life uh, right now, a little bit of your experiences and what you're doing with your life right now? I started out as a registered nurse, and I'm still a registered nurse at age 72. I interrupted that career, hospital career mainly, to go on staff with Reform University Fellowship. And so I gave up my nursing for 21 years and then went back into it, got relicensed. And now I teach the very program that I went through to get my license back. and love it. And I teach other health-related courses as well. I am retired from Erskine Theological Seminary. I did that after RUF and went back to school for advanced degrees. So uh, to many, I am Dr. D. And I also edit a lot of the DMIN students at Erskine, their dissertations, if they're having trouble with writing. And I'm not an English major, but I see every single mistake that is made. I've just taken on a project from Ben-Gurion University in the Negev of Israel for a military chaplain who's working on his PhD. So that's exciting. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today and being willing to share with us some of the life lessons that you've learned, especially about aging with grace and Our topic is fear, dealing with fear. And so tell us a little bit about what kind of fears you have had to deal with as you especially are facing the season of life. Well, I think the the primary one, which is very personal and it's very universal as well to every individual, how will I die? And then the second one is also universal. I do not want to be a burden on my niece and my nephews. So those are the two major things that I carry with me to bed every single night. How will I die? Who knows? I have to entrust myself to God daily, moment by moment, and especially at nighttime when those dark shadows, you know, come across and you're in the dark and uh, just praying that I will pass away in my sleep and I don't have to worry about pain or suffering or not being able to communicate. Those are the biggest fears. And scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, really is the passage that I go to, that God has a future. He's got a plan. He will not leave me forsaken, which comes out of Psalm 37. So, you know, those types of things I have to rehearse to myself in order to quell those fears. To take care of my family, 
I have extensively <laughs> prepared a humongous notebook with all of my last day's stuff in it, including the distribution of household contents that has come down through the family, even down to the colored dots for each individual with their color. So I have it all done. And my niece is very thankful for that, where well, she used to think it was morbid. Well, I know our, uh, whenever we talk about dying, our grandchildren, especially a couple of them say, please don't talk about that. Uh, but we want them to understand that we know you know, we're, we're getting closer and we're okay with heaven. We're looking forward to heaven, but, but talking with someone like you and having just cleaned out my parents' home where they lived since I was 16 years old and my mother-in-law's home, Chuck and I are looking at and saying, we have to clean out this house. It's not fair to leave it to the kids the way that it looks right now. I mean, we've collected a lot. We've lived in the same house almost 40 years. So we're kind of, I wouldn't call us pack rats, but I, our kids are probably going to feel that way if we don't do all that. So what are, what are some of the other things that you have in your notebook? Well, I've got my, um, my last will and testament. I've got my funeral service. I've written my obituary. I have my medical power of attorney, which are two of my former RUF sons here in the Clemson area who agreed to take care of me medically if I can't make decisions for myself. So it has all of that stuff in there. It has my life stories, stories of the family that I've already put on flash drives. The, 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 my grand nieces and nephews already had those on flash drives. And, uh, you know, just family stuff. You're being very intentional. And I, I think yes. that's the word that I find myself using that word a lot, um, being intentional about how we spend our days and what a gift you are giving to your family. What a gift. And I agree. It feels morbid, but it really is a precious, priceless gift. They don't have to ask any questions, answer any questions or wonder. They know it's all right there for them. And I've eliminated the warfare that goes on in families. And you don't think there is going to be warfare, but people have to fight feelings uh, that it's unnecessary when you do something like you've done. So good for you. And, and I hope that many who are hearing your story are going to follow suit, think about it and follow suit. You um, already mentioned some of the spiritual sons that are in your life right now, but you have a passion, you had a passion, and I'm sure you still have it for spiritual mothering so much that you wrote your dissertation on it. Do you think that that passion and that action investing in the lives of others has helped prepare you for this season of life? Um, yes. I have one spiritual daughter that actually calls me mom. She came from a very hard background and her father died when she was very young. And then her mother passed away, I guess, about five years ago, but was not well for many, many years, even while she was in college here. And when I was blitzed by the tornado of Easter night, April, 2020, and so I had to have people house sitting while I was teaching in the classroom. And she came and stayed at my house and actually cleaned for me that day and had dinner prepared for me when I got home that night. And then we had a movie night together. So she's, she stuck around and she's married. So, you know, she has a husband off in the distance and he is fully 
cognizant of what she's doing with me and supports her in that. So yes, she's not the only one. I have others uh, right here at Clemson Presbyterian where I still go to church from where I was in the ministry here. You didn't really ask me this, but I also help teaching the women's Bible study here at the church. And Paula Miles is our women's ministry director and asked me to come alongside and teach with her. I'm taking a break this fall. I just have too much going on to concentrate, to study. But that is a delight. And um, so I continue having spiritual children because of that study. I think it's such a great example of the blessings of obedience because uh, Titus 2, I remember hearing this laid out for me that it's really not an option where Paul is telling Titus, teach the older women to teach the younger women. And you can look at that as a, a law or you can look at it as a grace gift for those relationships that come, that those lifelong relationships that come. I know it's bumpy. I know they're hard places, but it's still... It's a beautiful picture of the blessings of obedience. So we're talking about fear and all of us have fear. And I think that some of the things that you shared with me previously, they're not just for older women, they're for any age. And I suggest to younger women that you need to listen carefully and put these things in place in your life now, because often. Often what you have in your life now is what's going to shape who you are when you get to be as old as us, 72 years old, both of us. Jordan, talk to us a little bit about that. What are some of the practical ways, the gifts that God has given to you to deal with the fears that, that come to everybody? Well, again, preaching to yourself. And, and I say this to you younger women who will be watching this. Preaching to yourself the timeless word of God is a big one. I do not commit scripture to memory very well. Some people are very good at that. I'm not. I have to live the verse and and God ministers that to me as I live out my practical life. And those scriptures just kind of surface from the inside over time. It doesn't come right away. It, It comes over time. That's one thing. And then they're the favorite verses that I have. Some people will pin them up on mirrors. I don't do that anymore. I used to. They're just a part of me. And they, as I said, they'll just come up at specific times that I need them. Same thing with the great hymns of the faith. The the Holy Spirit really ministers to me. And this was very evident when my mother was dying. You do strange things when you're in stress. And I was sleeping on an air mattress on the floor of my father's home office. I moved in when mother was dying. I could have had a bedroom with my bedroom, with the bed, all of that. But I determined to sleep on this air mattress upstairs, way away from her room, while the caregivers were taking care of her at night. And I would awaken with these hymns that I'd been dreaming. And I would go down, look them up on my computer and sing the lyrics to mother. And they would change, the hymns would change about every three days. And that still goes on today. That was back in 2007. And God is still doing that with me. I just lost an outcry. One of my spiritual daughters um, two weeks ago and her funeral was this past weekend. 
And the Lord ministered to me one hymn that stuck with me throughout her hospice care. It was, that was precious. I never did get to see her because she was in a neighboring state, but that was very dear of the Lord to do that for me. I really appreciate you bringing up the words of the hymns and, and of course, worship music today. It's, the music is changing. There, there's a gift in each season of life. Each generation has uh, sometimes tweaks the ways of worship, but the words of songs and hymns, really, they define our theology and yes, are just rich and packed with scripture reworked in a way. So we may not be able to memorize scripture, but those great hymns that are based and rooted in scripture that we learn just by singing them over and over again, what a gift for them to be such a treasure for you today. And I'm sorry about your friend. I These are painful days. And I, and I think, you know, in this season of life, it's a season of loss. We, yes. we often find that one by one, we lose friends. We, there are other losses as well. So what are some of the other things that have you have found to be helpful for you? Well, I know that when I'm, when I'm feeling lonely, and that does come, but I'm not a very lonely individual. I am very introverted. So I require a lot of time by myself in order to repair from being with people. And that sounds crazy with me having been in ministry, discipling young college girls. And I mean, I was sitting on dorm floors and all of that during that 14 years here at the university. But I do require quite a bit of time to repair by being by myself. But saying that, I have learned, and this is something mother taught me when I was a little girl, is when I'm feeling abandoned by people, is to reach out to them because something is going on in their life that they are unable to reach out. And it doesn't always have to do with me. You know, it's not all about me. That's a popular phrase. (laughs) So I try to do that, to reach out by email, calling them, texting, whatever it takes. And usually I find out that they weren't just not reaching out to me. They're going through something. I continue to work to keep my mind active. I read quite a bit. You know, so those are just things to keep my mind occupied. Of course, the study of scripture and teaching Bible studies, that helps to keep me in God's word. A lot of times, and and I will confess this, a lot of times the Bible is the last place that I go because I love projects. So I'm always working on something. And the Bible tends to get pushed to the side. So I have to make a coordinated effort to go in to do my Bible study. And when I do, I don't want to leave it. It's just so rich. So those are, those are just a few of the things that I do. Well, I think um, you've hit on something really good as, as far as if uh, those who are watching are tr- church women who maybe teach Bible studies, young women teaching Bible studies. It's part of who they are. But what I hear you saying is there comes a point where you need to say, this is for me. This is, it isn't, I'm not doing this so I can teach it to somebody else. I'm doing this because I want the Lord to speak to me personally and to really hear what his message is for me. And often, as you know, it's going to come out later. Uh, It's going to be what somebody else needs in their own lives. 
And it's so rich when that happens. And I agree, when you get into it, you don't want to leave it because of how the Lord is speaking through that. And I also kind of chuckle a little bit about you being an introvert. <laughs> Knowing how you spent your life, that sounds wild. But and yet, I think that's what I like, though, Jordan, is that you're not saying I'm an introvert, so people ministry is not for me. You know, I'll, I will be at a desk or something like that, which is absolutely critical and we need that. But that you went where the Lord was calling you, trusting that he was going to meet those needs for recovering and regrouping and, you know, getting back on track for yourself personally. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. One question I'm, I was thinking about as you were talking, you're very active but you're older and I'm sure that your energy levels are changing. Speak to the person who they've retired and they're, they haven't started teaching another class somewhere. They feel as though the world is getting smaller and smaller and they don't feel needed. They feel worthless. Who cares what they did in their previous life? Speak to that woman who is really looking for purpose rather than her looking at you and saying, well, it's good for you. You have the energy, you're healthy and all those things. What is God's calling for a woman in those circumstances? That's a great question. I think really we are to continue in the gifts that God has given to us, whether spiritual gifts or whether it's our worldly gifts. Say if a woman spent her entire life raising children, then she's still good with children. I can remember some of the older women in my church when I first came here saying, been there, done that, not going there again. (laughs) Well, I question that because if you're a lover of children at one point in your life, those children desire to have you with them. Now, I'm not a children's person. I'm an adult teacher, have always been in the adult realm, and I stay there. I mean, that's where I am. No longer am I doing RUF ministry with college girls, yet God has turned my gifts towards ministry with other types of adults. Now nurses, people who are looking for quick jobs who are economically deprived. So, you know, it it changes, but I would say to continue to operate in those things where you've been good and challenge yourself in those things that you're not so good. There was an elderly couple in our church. They were very successful. They were very busy in their lives, but they looked at our church and they thought there are a lot of young adults there, young people that they wanted to get to know. And they also wanted to stay busy. They wanted to be needed. And so they volunteered to work in the church office and do whatever needed to be done. So they would be collating, copying, you know, anything that it didn't need a whole lot of thought, but they knew that it was going to be helpful to the staff. And they came every single week. They, it was like a job to them. And they developed such incredible relationships with the young staff, especially. And then the school staff, they just were beloved because of the way they were such servants. And it got to be where they weren't able to come out at night, but they were always there, any kind of a daytime activity. They were there and they weren't there just to be there. They were there to connect with other people. Let me share this with you. There's a, a little family who really ministered to me during the tornado. So they've kind of adopted me as a grandmother. <laughs> and one, one of these children, she's almost 30 years old now, has suffered from Lyme disease for the last 
20 some odd years or 20 years. She is just now beginning to get her life together. She is learning how to drive because she could not because of seizure activity. So now she's, she's bypassed that. So she's able to, and she is going to the local community college to learn a trade. And her mother was looking for people to transport her to her classes at night. So I love to drive. I've always loved to drive. I'm an Atlanta driver. I drive people in South Carolina crazy. So <laughs> I'm a very determined driver. Somebody says she drives with authority. So I volunteered to go get her from her class on Tuesday and Thursday nights. So that just started this past Tuesday. That's a simple thing. I can still drive at night, but I have to have those yellow glasses to, you know, to that shadow the lights from oncoming cars. But it's mostly on a four lane. So anyway, I'm I'm still doing things like that. And that's very practical. It's simple. It is very practical and simple. And what I would suggest is if you are in that place where you're just not sure how to proceed, pray. Really pray specifically, Lord, who today needs a touch from me? What what can I do to serve another person? And you might be surprised at how simple it is. It might be that a person comes to mind and you're just supposed to text them a scripture verse or call or uh, take some desserts over to their family or a meal to a busy, uh, busy young mom or offer to babysit. These might not be in your wheelhouse, but I... I know that the Lord will direct your steps. And, uh, and as you obey, you know, each time that you obey, it feels like the next time you hear a little bit more clearly where he is directing you. And it, your life, your own heart is going to be transformed as you see how much you are needed and that you do have a purpose. Jordan, you have shared some wonderful things with us today, a lot to think about. As we wrap up, would you just think about that woman? I'm gonna ask you to speak to a young woman that is thinking about aging. She's come to you and she said, I I don't want to be a bitter old woman. I want to be a gracious, godly woman when I'm older. What would you suggest that helps me prepare for that season of life? I would encourage her to do what she's doing and to look forward through God's word and through prayer, that constant communion with him as to how he desires for her to be as she grows older. Uh, It's, you know, that sounds very simplistic, but it's very profound. Well, I think it goes back to what we are as young women is going to shape who we are as older women. You know, you think I wanna be a gracious old lady, but uh, I'll wait until I'm old. That's not gonna happen. What you are as you're getting older is most likely what you're going to be when you are older. So the basics, the foundational, exactly what Jordan said is there's nothing that can replace being in God's word and making his word primary and allowing him to transform you uh, year by year. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. This is a Help and Hope resource produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. I'm Sharon Batters, and I would love for you to go to markinc.org where you're going to find more resources like this, more conversations about life crises that uh, some of them are unthinkable, and yet through them, the Lord has given grace and peace. So that's markinc.org, M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org. Again, I'm Sharon Batters. 
Thank you so much for joining us.